yay. How are you? <laughs> yes. Right, let's talk about <laughs> oh, football. Uh, football, yes. Well, me and the chief executive have one big difference. He's interested in football and I'm not. How do I know this? Because he did this riff at the end of the chief budget. executive. Oh, oh, that Freudian might have been a Freudian. So we might come back to that. Yeah, we might indeed. I think he's actually called the financial secretary. I, I should get this sorted out. Shouldn't no, I? no, no, nothing to see here. Move <laughs> hey, along, we're please. We're talking about John Jung. Hello, John. We are indeed. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Got a um, new moat. <laughs> yeah. No, but I like this riff he did at the end of his um, speech on 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 the football team, the Hong Kong football team. I was a nice say. touch. It was a nice touch. It was he, he, he focused on the game with Qatar. Sort of magic. Let's talk about football. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, I have to say, no cliche was left unturned. You know, human problems uh, can be solved by human people. Everyone needs to make an effort. I mean, honestly, his 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 box of cliches is is, is so? quite big. He's quite good at them. He's quite good at them. The the thing is that he actually has a bit of a flourish in presenting them. But that's and, great, though. Uh, well, somebody needs I know, one. I know. I mean, and that's why he stands out from a crowd of very exciting electric orators on the government benches in Ledgeco, all of whom are substitutes for Mogadom, except for when they're CY Long, which they're they're sort of targeted it's for um for for hurled objects but i mean what was interesting about this among many other things is the fact that um here you've got a somebody who is or isn't interested in being chief executive and we we could have a little discussion about that but 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 does like to do compare and contrast why not so you've got people understand you've got the chief executive who, when asked about, you know, whether he supported the Hong Kong football team, the chief executive of Hong Kong said, I sort of support him, I sort of support China, and um, um, can we talk about something more important? And then, you know, when he asked, uh, do you watch the games of the Hong Kong football team? Oh, no, I'm a very busy man, you know, I've got important things to do. And there's John Jung going, yeah, I was rooting for the team, I was sitting there. See, you, know. you love that, you're smiling. This is I, bingo. This no, is- no, no, I get it. I get it so much. I mean, what, of course, makes me laugh is all this speculation of, is he running for office? You know, is he trying to get the popular vote? Well, can I remind the dear people who write this <coughs> brown stuff that there is no such thing as running for office in Hong Kong. It's a, it, it's decided walking in a somewhere, gentlemanly manner somewhere in a northerly direction. So you know, even if John Jung is the most popular person on the planet, well, that and, rules and him be, out for starters. And being more popular than C. Y. Lung, honestly, is not difficult. He's, I mean, you could. I, I, I have no bits of paper floating down the street that are more popular than yeah, C. Y. Lung. But check it out. I mean, but he is. He's more charismatic. He showed in this speech that you know, the the idea smiled at one stage, I believe. I think you're going a little far there. Yeah, I don't mean I didn't yeah, want to say Yeah, that. don't don't push that, please. Um, but he is more... And, and, and actually, you know, he kind of gets that attacking the Hong Kong people as your main point of reference mm. maybe isn't isn't the key. I thought it was funny when he said in his press conference, look, whatever I tell you, you won't believe me. See, that's <laughs> an honest answer. Yeah, I quite like that. Uh, and, and, and I do agree with him. I mean, mind you, <laughs> you know... It, it, it tells you something. When you're on a roll, you're on a roll. They're all saying, you know, that man's an absolute genius. This time, he's managed to get his predictions for the surplus almost right. Well, well that, have a that, banana, mate. You're well, well, I was going to say, no, that's, it, this is his ninth budget. He's actually failed to do it in eight other ones. So, you know, one out of nine, I don't think is a sign of genius. And instead, he didn't get it right. He just got it close. Right. right. And, hey, 
we're only talking about billions of dollars. Billions. And why we're talking about billions of dollars, the other thing that I like about the coverage is the use of this term, handouts. Well, I'm sorry to be, you know, Peter Pedant, but, hey, this is our money. I'm, I'm not getting handed out our money. Incidentally, I am getting <laughs> handed out our money because, you know, this is a budget in which to those who have shall be given more. So, you know, I'm going to get a tax rebate. I'm going to get a rates rebate. My business, which is in the restaurant sector, you are gonna is, is going to get um, concessions. Yep, yep, all Ouch. of those things. And, you know, I'll be out there buying I-bonds with the best of them, etc., etc. So, you know, people like me are sitting very pretty after this budget. Fortunately, and I want this to be made very, very clear, I'm not one of the great unwashed, yeah, not are. one of the poor. All right. Because the poor, you see, are terrible people. They, they, first of all, they don't have any money. So I think, what is the main problem? I thought they for, had enough to buy I-bonds. Well, I was going to say, what is the main problem for people living on $2,000 a month, which indeed is people in Hong Kong, is that they haven't got the a right place to invest their money. Um, hmm. I'm thinking that might not be their main problem. Let's do it. So these silver I-bonds, yeah. you know, saying, oh, well, you know, they now can get, you know, 2% uh, real rate of return on uh, on their investments. I'm thinking, hmm, you do actually have to have that money to begin with. Well, this is a perfect moment for a sidebar, because Peter Lewis has come to pinch my coffee, so come on, talk money. What do you reckon? Well, I, I, I think you make a very, very good point. There's, there's one big loser from this budget, and I think the poor are the losers, because there are many people well, who work... they weren't work. exactly winners to start well, with. <laughs> there, there, there are many people who are working, but on very low incomes, yeah. so they don't fit into the tax bracket that earns all of these tax reliefs. They've lost now their, their rent waivers, and and therefore, you know, th this budget hasn't really helped the people who are really at the, at the bottom of the income scale. Why is this elephant in the room, it seems? Because, <clears throat> because um, I think there's an ideological predisposition in the Hong Kong government, and indeed among the tycoon class who control it, to say, you know, we mustn't become a welfare society. The fact that we've got an ageing population that one in five people are living below the poverty line, seems to be, oh, well, that's their problem. It's probably their own fault because they've been feckless. But we, I think, you know, this budget um, and the previous ones makes us does make us a welfare society because there's a huge <laughs> amount of corporate welfare in it. There's yeah. handouts to favourite industries and favourite sectors, which is a form of corporate welfare. And can and, I say, know, I'm I, very much against it, except for the catering sector. Except for the <laughs> stuff you're going to get. Except for the I stuff I did, of course, yeah, which is fair. That's an objective yeah, that's view. Right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't, think, uh, I don't think anybody could quibble that's with that. what we do with budgets. <laughs> you have hit it on the head. There's a big, big, big proportion of society who's going to say, I'm all right, Jack. Well, not only am I all right, Jack, I'm, I'm actually getting money from this budget. I mean... You really will? Yes, definitely. Absolutely, like brown definitely. Envelope well, in fact, through any, the anybody, anybody who's middle class in Hong Kong will, will come out of this smiling, and I don't get it. You know, there's, there's, there's an enormous discussion about whether there should be a, a pension system here. And I do understand that's a very heavy commitment. I mean, let's meet not make bones about it. If that was to be introduced, it would cost a lot of money. Yeah. But on the route to introducing a universal pension system, there are measures that could be taken to alleviate what is really a very, very serious problem, which is old age poverty. I mean, that's. I mean, you only need to look on that? the streets. Oh, give them some money. Yeah, that's I know, but I mean, tell me how you do it. Well, I mean, if you don't have a universal pension system, you can have 
I hate to use the word means-tested, but you can at least have a proper safety net for people who are genuinely on very low incomes. Mm. At the moment, that safety net consists of this so-called T-money that you get over the age of 70, which is, you know, which is, you know, threepence halfpenny in old in old cash and a couple of hundred dollars in new cash. So, I mean, you could go halfway towards universal pension scheme with a system that covers people who have very low incomes. And by very low incomes, I don't think you want to set the bar quite as low as, as some people do. I would regard a low income as anything below $10,000 a month, but that's just me. And, and you could um, encourage people to save as well more for, you know, for their retirement. Now, I'm not a big fan of the MPF scheme, but given that you've got it, you could do some sort of rebate for yeah, your contributions. Yeah, but before you go on MPF. down that avenue, I think he's talking to people like, encourage me to save, I can't even blinking well feed myself. Well, with he's the talking MPF, about... No, no, with well, the MPF you have no choice. Yeah, you're forced to anyway, yeah. so why not have some sort of rebate for your, for your contributions if it's mandatory? Um, you know, there are ways in which you can encourage people and a system um, for that. I mean, I'm not a believer in that type of scheme anyway for, for, for saving for your retirement. I don't think the MPF scheme is the answer, but we, we have it, so it's here at the moment. Well, not only is it, You're yeah. not exactly climbing I, I, the walls. I'm not, I'm not the world's greatest fan of it. I mean, e- even if I thought it was good in principle, you do have to look at the figures. And people who have put money, forced have been forced to put money into this, have simply... Haven't done well. Haven't done well at all. I mean, if if they put that same amount of money in the Hong Kong Tracker Fund over the same period, they would be infinitely richer... And the fees would have been much lower as well. well. So <laughs> so the, the, the net amount is the amount that matters. Yep. So what's they going on? We've, de- we've designed this. It took us ages. You're going to do it, and that's that. We're well, not backtracking because it's... Well, I mean, what, what, what not always happens, and it happened again in this budget, is instead of saying, let's tackle the big picture and fundamentally consider how we're going to do something about this enormous level of poverty in Hong Kong, there's this sort of raft of one-off measures. And some of those one-off measures, as Peter mentioned just a second ago, have actually been taken away, like the the rebate for people in public housing. Maybe that wasn't such a brilliant scheme to start with, because there are people in public housing who Mm. have reasonable levels of income, but there's many people in public housing who don't. So instead of having this enormous concentration on one-offism, you know, one-off this, one-off that, one-off the other, what about a plan for the future? And there's no consistency over these sweeteners either. Mm. One year they're there, next year they're gone. There isn't an overarching principle that's behind them all. What is it that we're trying to do here? Is it that we're trying to broaden the tax base? Is it that we're trying to alleviate poverty and make things easier for, you know, people at the bottom of the ladder? What is the principle behind it? It's not at all clear what the priority is. All right, let me ask you both something here. Very often, Joe Public gets told, no, 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 don't be silly. When did you see that thing that Leung Kwok Hong had yesterday? He had a picture of a scales or something. And the up bit was a couple of old people. And the down bit was an aeroplane, meaning the third runway. And so, no, 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 Minister, different budget. But what about when people say, look, like that woman who went off in a LegCo meeting the other day, look, you can afford this. Can't you just afford that too? What's the matter with you? Oh, look at the allocation. I mean, the allocation for big projects in, in this budget, incidentally in the last budgets as well, is bigger than the education... Is bigger... None of them are getting done, though, because... <laughs> well, 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 they're sort of getting done if, if you don't include the piling problems and the... etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But, I mean, that those allocations actually dwarf the education budget. And what is the one thing 
you can take any study on the planet that tells you makes a difference. It is investment in education, particularly at the primary and lower um, middle school levels. This is in all societies. It has been proven that you invest in that and you achieve some kind of transformation. In Hong Kong, the education budget is very much skewed towards universities and all these new special projects i <laughs> mean they're much longer well <laughs> well if they obey we'll get on to that after the if news they tremble and obey they will get the money don't you worry about that but the fact of the matter is that the real returns on education investment mm. come at the lower levels so you you get yet again in this budget practically no attention paid to that oh i'm sorry there was some attention paid to it there will be a 20 percent boost in spending for patriotic education which will make all the difference um to um uh, not yes, much uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> but 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 generally speaking if you want to make a difference you invest in primary education and indeed you can invest in kindergarten education which as keep saying on this program doesn't actually exist in the public sector at all in hong kong so, you know, there's enormous scope for doing something which actually changes people's lives in a big way. Mm. I agree with that. There, there was a great big hole in the budget where education ought to have been. There was really nothing there at all for well, the education. the kind of education no he's money. on about, the stuff he's on about. As in, as in little yeah, kids. It does make a difference. It does <laughs> yeah. make a difference. And, you know, there are other countries, like Singapore, for example, that invests a huge amount yeah, but, in, you know, in, in With you great know, in power comes great responsibility. System. Well, well, exactly. But, but, you know, it's not as though Hong Kong doesn't have the money for this. Mm. If Hong Kong has the money for a bridge to nowhere, it has the money to send some little kids to, to kindergarten. Do you really think, after all of this, many people give a hoot about this copyright bill? <laughs> yeah. Which is apparently so important and crucial. But isn't, isn't, ain't that a thing? I mean, you know, they, 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 you get all these big knobs standing up and going, oh, polarised society, oh, very bad. But the fact of the matter is what? that people just get completely turned... I mean, it's not so much polarisation as alienation. Really. The copyright bill... Well, David Tang said it the other day, didn't he? He said, David Tang said it in his speech at the... He said just... He said the government and see why they just want to pick a fight all the time. Well, they're, they're and and Patton said something quite similar. I mean, you, you take something that's happened yesterday, which is the government's announcement that they're going to add four lay members to the medical council. You may think, well, that's... Well, yeah, all right. But, but everybody knows what that means is four more mates of CY Leung are going to be on yet another regulatory body. So in any area that is supposed to be neutral actually i'm not not opposed to the idea of more lay people on the medical council because the hong kong medical council isn't exactly a paragon of virtue it does actually need shaking up a bit but you just know the way they're going to shake it up is with more goons all right look well, well there's no need for us this morning to get into the mm, what was good and da -da 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 and this that and the other. there's loads of time you're doing a you're doing a phone in with the man we tomorrow morning John Jung here tomorrow morning between eight and nine so. yeah you'll mainly be talking about football We'll talk about the end part of the, uh, the, the budget <laughs> well, why speech. Well, not? why not? I'll tell you why, Steve. So many times... Cats were rubbish, incidentally. rubbish. <laughs> so many times, you and I have said it's the use of words and it's the presentation. At least he did a personable presentation. Yeah, yeah. It even kept Lone Kwok home pretty quiet. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, it is, as you say, it's the way you say it as well as what you say. I mean, if you are CY Lung and you have a policy address, it's Hong Kong people very bad, you've got to behave. 
If you're the financial section, I've got that right this time. Well done. Well, you might have got it right the first time. <laughs> or may or may not be running for the post of chief executive, which he was very devious or run about. For it. Yes, running for it. But of course, as I say, there is no election. But never mind. That's a small pedantic detail. At least, at least, show some awareness of the roots of why we're in the situation that we're in. At least he showed awareness of that. Mm. And he was given credit across the board for doing that. Because people ain't stupid. There's they do li- know these things. I would say there's a likelihood that he had quite a hand in writing his own speech. I, I I'm think, serious. I think that's a gross suggestion. And uh, I, I, right. I, I, the idea that a, that a civil servant should actually do that. No, I mean... No, they're, they're, I, 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 I mean, because I've seen his blogs... There, there was a similarity in style, so I think you might well be See, right there. It's, so all it takes is the little things. I mean, we're talking about highfalutin stuff. Mm. I'm just talking about a, a personable bloke trying to be honest, trying, mm. and, and, and laying it down. I mean, that sounds crazy, but that's all the people you were talking about ten minutes ago. Yeah. That will uh, encourage them. Let, let me tell you, many years ago, I... Very quickly, when I was a little mite, you know, working in the political world, I used to write <laughs> speeches. Yeah. And there was one person I wrote a speech for, and he said to me, he said, you know, the thing I like about your speeches is I can tear them up, but it does clear the mind. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. We'll be back after the news. We've got a few more bits and pieces to get into. Pete, thanks very much. Join them tomorrow, 8 to 9, right? 8 to 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. With John Chum. Year three with one exactly 20 minutes to 11 for a Thursday morning. Let's talk about bugging our tea. Yes, it's a big issue, and um, if you're a member of the Hong Kong University Council, um, it's an even bigger issue. As you know, most people who carry flasks around... I'm saying flasks. Uh, is, is that a forbidden word? It's, it's all right. Thermos. Thermos. Um, <laughs> those people are, are suspected of having bugging instruments. Let's, let's cut to the chase here. So... There's a meeting of the Hong Kong University Council. At the convention centre. For security reasons, it's at the convention centre. Um, you know, everything's going to plan with Arthur Lee as chairman of that. It's just getting better. Two, two Delta Force brigades protecting them. Two Delta Force <laughs> brigades. And and then you have you have one of his, his able-bodied assistants in the shape of Leonie Key, who's remarkably recovered from her, her terrible, terrible fatal illnesses that, that, that occurred at the last council meeting when she called an ambulance. Uh, but she's apparently recovered sufficiently to ask... Um, who did she ask? Oh, that's right. She asked um, um, Chen, Chen Ki Chung, uh, who's a member of faculty. Unlike her, he's actually in the university day, every day. Yeah. But he, 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 unlike her, was actually elected to serve on the council. So that's a black mark. On, on him. So she sees him walking in with a flask and demands that uh, he identified its contents. Um, he said, and these are words which I think may come to haunt him, that it contained water. And she said, quite reasonably, ah, yes, but they're serving water. Why have you brought your own? You must, you must have a bugging device. And he was forced into this humiliating thing at the meeting, which apparently was discussing university business, having to pour out the water to prove that in the flask was water. This is Hong Kong University Council 2016 under Arthur Lee. This is where people like our good friend Leonie, who who brings a new level of intellectual commitment to her her job, um, 
It's pretty in action. I mean, can you imagine the atmosphere there is now in that council? Oh, and by the way, the student representative got turfed. Was kicked out, uh, Billy Fung, because he refused to sign a document saying he would he would protect and ensure that all members of the council weren't subject to violence. And he said, I think actually quite reasonably, well, I can't. I can't sign a document that I can't actually, you know, do anything about. So, mums and dads, if you're thinking of sending Junior to Hong Kong University, you fill your boots. Fill your boots. I mean, it, it is this, you know, was was Arthur Lee on a mission under uh, um, the very fun-loving and, and carefree Leung Chung Ying who appointed him, was he on a mission to, to, to make the university a happier, better, more serious place, or was he on a mission to to create the kind of atmosphere which even at its council meetings seems to give new wor- new meaning to the word poison i mean honestly I can you imagine coming into a meeting and having to prove that you know i've i've been known and i hope this isn't too widely spread as a piece of it, i've been known to come into meetings with bags the contents of which could could be anything from you know small thermonuclear weapons down to what i believe are called in common parlance paper yeah. Could be any of those things. But, you know, when you when you have to stand there and pour out the contents of a flask, when you spend a long time in the meeting excluding one of the members because you just don't like him... It's really that simple. It's, it's just not good. It's really not good. And in case you think that Hong Kong U has a monopoly on nastiness happening, just take a little trip. Well, actually, it's quite a big trip because you have to go all the way to Tun Mun, to Lingnan University, and you'll see there that um, the... The, the purge is is well underway. Horace Chin is about to lose his job. What is Horace Chin's main offence? He's he's the person who you could call the intellectual godfather of localism. He's been writing about it, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, this is the atmosphere in Hong Kong universities here. You have to write about what we want you to write about. You have to shut up and be, uh, and be silent or things will happen to you. I was speaking to somebody at another university last week and um, who's involved in China studies. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, so what's happening in your department? And he said to me, I tell you what, most people now are no longer doing empirical research. These are people studying China on the mainland because they're very worried. Mm -hmm. They're they're just staying here because the, the chill is turning into a blast of cold air. I mean, this is very, very, very serious. It's something that um, the last colonial oppressor, um, Chris Patton, picked up on in an article that was published this week, saying, you know, if if there really is this sort of thing going on in universities, then it tells you what's going on in the wider society, and it's very worrying. The party's over? The party is pretty much... At that that stage where they've put the lights on and everybody's standing around, shuffling their feet, going, are we supposed to leave, are we supposed to stay? And incidentally put out that cigarette with funny smells. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it strikes me, you know, we talked about, well, Hong Kong's been lied to, this, that and the other. It's just this obsessive-compulsive lack of patience. We want it, and we want it now. Well, I think, I mean, it, it goes back to a very simple, very, very simple... Um, thing which you, you, you learn from what happens with all communist parties once they take power. They're very, very interested in universities and in control in universities. And if they believe that universities are the centre of fermenting dissent in society, 
of which there is obviously some truth because communist parties before they get into power are very active themselves in universities there aren't many so of they them know left, are there? there are truly there aren't many of them left surely around many, the world many actually you know real down the line commies no, no, there are Even aren't. these guys aren't real. Are no, they? I don't think they're real communists for one moment. They're, they're, they're interested in power and privilege. But in a position, historical sense, the what, three Ps. What, what the people, you... the ideological communists, I would think, are exceedingly low on the ground. Yeah. And although they, they still, I mean, people keep forgetting this, but they still actually go through the form. So they still read Marx very widely read on the mainland. Um, Patton's criticism was they read not enough Marx and too much Lenin. Mm. Explain that one. <laughs> well, because <laughs> Marxism, he loves the, it, the, the he? theoretical, <laughs> the theoretical construct uh, concept of Marxism, which you, you find in the good Karl's works, that very readable book *Das Kapital*, which at one time even I ploughed my way through. I'm not going to do it again. I can assure you, um, um, lays is a very intellectually demanding and interesting book. A lot of the Leninist works, and I think. Mr. Patton is, or Lord Patton, I should say, is a little unfair to poor old and Vladimir, you think, you think Vladimir Illich. <laughs> well, I mean, actually, Vladimir Illich had had uh, I, I had a misspent youth reading this sort of stuff. Yeah, ha- had also some quite interesting um, theoretical things to say. But what he was talking about was that that you could say that Leninism is the harsh harsh implementation of Marxism. And um, that seems to be what interests ruling communist parties rather than the theoretical construct. I mean, if you ask the average person on the mainland to explain dialectical materialism, I'm just guessing, but I think you might get not much of an answer. Is the absolute root of source of this stream for for a regime like this, one word, would you say it's fear? No, I'd say it's control. Okay. That would be the word I'd use. Because it's like all paranoid But control born out of fear. Well, well, there's a fear of losing control, but Mm. I think the the end point is... Yes, I think one could truly say (laughs) I think the end point is, you know, if it moves, we should be controlling it, because if we don't control it, it's quite true. We're fearful of everything collapsing. So, you know, if you have a challenge... You, your immediate response is, how do we stop it, not how do we understand it? The people that, and that, that's, you know, that's how one-party states work. The people that leave me scratching my head here are the Hong Kong people who've really gone to the other side, if you like. I mean, in... in I don't think they have. I think they, they're the same people who were the slavish, slavish lapdogs of the Brits. All along. Uh, all right. along. Oh, they're, they're, they're the same people. They're exactly the same people. The Rita fans, who, you know, is redder than red these days. She was a British poodle for many, many years. Maria Bulldog, Tam. Steve. Bulldog. Poodle. Okay. <laughs> I like bulldogs. <laughs> Maria Tam, you know, redder than red. What She was on the, She was on Colonial Executive Council. She, she sucked the British, you know, I was going to say wine, but maybe... (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) we won't go there. Um, You look at all of them, all of them, you know, and they've all got got royal titles. They're the same people. They just go with wherever the power is. So, you know, if they have to learn a few new words, you know, like comrade or... In fact, they're a bit shy of using comrade, but never mind. They they need to get out. Get over it, Maria. You'll be fine. Um, and they, they they they're sort of supping the patriotic um, the patriotic gruel. What, what what's in the head of a person like that that you have 
I mean, whoever it is. I'm no. going to be an important person in the new order. But like always, I was an important person in the, the old order. They're the first people up against the wall. Well, this is the danger. <laughs> From either side. This, this is the absolute danger. You know what, that thing about playing with fire? Yeah. You can't get burnt. So, you know, it is a dangerous business. But, but on balance... One of the things which distinguishes the Chinese Communist Party from the Communist Party of the Soviet Union was the Communist Party of the Soviet Union periodically, literally killed off its leaders. The Chinese Communist Party doesn't do that. It puts them in detention, it isolates them, it puts them in jail. But it doesn't... I mean, it, of course, during the Cultural Revolution, literally hundreds of thousands of people were killed. But at the upper levels, they, they decided that if once we start killing each other, it's going to be very hard to stop it. So, by and large, they don't do that. Yeah. But, you know, you can have a pretty unpleasant time. I mean, you asked Zhao Ziyang, who spent his Indeed. dying years in detention. But he wasn't in jail, of course. He was literally, you know, under house address. You look, look, look at those aristocratic weasels that tried to appease Hitler before the Second yeah. World War. They yeah. ended up... Dis well, firstly, I'm sure Hitler couldn't give a hoot about them, no. and they ended up despised by the people of Great Britain. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, you know, they they they, they were also and that was never going to happen, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they were also they also had a, a rather vile form of anti-Semitism. So in that sense, they quite liked Nazism. Yeah, but, but it's um, whether the Nazism yeah. liked them. They didn't. No, no, Who are you? Oh, no, the Nazis. You know, the Nazis. I like, as I say, like all dictators, they like themselves. They don't actually like anybody else. So the people and they're paranoid. You know, I mean, Hitler's Hitler's abiding time was spent thinking who is involved in plots against him. Well, part of that was true, because, of course, there were plots against him. You know, is, is, is Heinrich really on board? Is Himmler really on board? See? Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's exactly the same in, in, in communist parties. I mean, does anybody seriously think that Xi Jinping isn't worried about internal pressure to dislodge him? plots within the Communist Party to get rid of him. Yeah. I think he's spending a lot of his waking hours thinking about this, because yeah. when you don't have an elective system, and therefore when you have no means of bringing this into the open, the only way to get rid of the leaders is is by plots and devious methods. I'll tell you what, we mentioned Chris Patton just now, and into it, I mean, my, just, just thinking about Don Jung at all, I always think it's what he doesn't say, it's the between-the-lines thing, but one thing Patton said was some allusion to um, uh, Lee Boren, the book-selling guys, uh, being hauled away. What are we talking? 56 days now, by the way, or 57? Yeah, anyway. Yeah. We still don't know, being, actually, know what happened. Not at all. Being hauled away for, I think he said, exposing the dirty secrets of Chinese leaders. You get the impression that P Patton truly believes that this stuff is probably quite factual. Well, I think there's a very widespread belief. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not you know, a fiction. I this, mean, what, 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 what interests me is that if you speak, and, and I don't want to start going down this road of saying I know what everybody's thinking. No. But but, but if you speak to people in big international companies here about the one thing that really shook them, it was the bookseller incident. Not because they've even heard of Lee Bohr before he was carried away. No. Or Mr Bohr, as he's referred to on RTHK News. I didn't want to mention that, but of course I did. Um, um, if you talk to them about that, they understand this problem of the knock on the door in the middle of the night, which was supposed to not be happening in Hong Kong. And they do understand that, that, you, that the security of the rule of law isn't found at its strongest point. It's always found at its weakest point. So when you have a group of people who are publishing books that the Chinese Communist Party leadership doesn't like, they're at the weakest point in the chain. Mm -hmm. But if you've got rule of law 
it takes care of the people at the weakest point. You yeah. know, the rule of law does things like it protects paedophiles in, in society. It doesn't protect them to carry out their acts, their evil and vile acts, but it protects their right to a fair trial. So if you have a system of rule of law that doesn't protect the rights of these vile people, you don't have nothing. 